they called and said, we'd like to start. Mm. I didn't really have any time to sit in rehearsal, but the previous record, 10,000 Days, I sat in for a good month and I would write down the song structures and have my doctor beat and take tempo maps of where does it feel good today? It feels good here, let me this section. And if, if I didn't understand anything, which is quite a bit because I, I'm a 4 4 guy. They're playing stuff in 7, 11, 19, 21. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's stuff on this record where Danny's playing 4 4 with his hands and 21 with his feet. Jesus. It's some of the most mind blowing. He's, he's playing 7 against 8 a lot. In fact, seven ha comes up a lot in that record. It does, it? and then there's elements of eleven. So you got seven. the bar seven and the bar four, yeah. and you have that whole eleven feel going on. And, and it was funny we were in tracking at Henson. The bass player is like playing a riff, and I recorded it because it was an original thing. And, and I go, "What is that?" And he goes, "I think it's a 19." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> You're too shy of 21. We got to keep in this seven theme." Yeah, it's it crazy. Wow. You know, like the first track we wrote was, I guess it was descending. And once we were done writing that, you know, I never wanted to hear it again. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, years later, we finished the whole thing. It's actually one of my favorite tracks now. Okay. Uh, you know, I really, really love it. I, yeah, I don't know. It keeps changing, honestly. I love, I love the last track, Tempest, is really epic. It's... 15 minutes long. It really combines um, me and Adam's vibe as far as like the riffs and stuff. And then it just goes off with Danny. The vocals are beautiful on it. It's it's uh, it's it's really self-indulgent, but like epic, you know? Like, I mean, the guitar solo is like seven minutes long. Um, I can't wait. And it just, uh, it's full of crazy time signature changes, but it's still, it's really slamming rock songs. So. Some of this tool record is actually guitar on the left and bass on the right for part of the songs because they're playing against each other and then the bass moves to the middle the guitar mic mm -hmm. um yeah i saw the the tracking part of maynard i actually went down to arizona with matt mitchell who's in pussifer uh, and he had been doing some demos with maynard ahead of time i would feed them rough mixes as we progressed and then matt would drive down there and they would work on stuff and then then matt and i went to arizona and um, Maynard loves the blue bottle, the big mic. Mm -hmm. And that was his main chain through a 1073 with an 1176. And I brought down um, some alternate chains that I set up. I had a Soyuz 17, just super That's clear, mic. beautiful mic. Uh, 67, which is a classic. Um, and then uh, SM7, which is the get right up on it, never mm -hmm. blow it up. Classic and, rock mic. Uh, a couple of little handheld mics, a uh, megaphone, things like that. and and he would sing his parts and I would comp at night and come back in the next day and maybe tweak a few things but having the the ability to change frequencies basically and not the same microphone to be honest I did you know we finished up I did finish up my vocals last year during harvest like between press flow with those and the, on the mic mm -hmm. downstairs and in the studio and then back onto the forklift to making wine so for me this was last year they used to be a lot more uh, involved uh, earlier on. Mm. Uh, but as our personalities grew stronger and more stubborn, <laughs> it's best to uh, allow the other three stubborn people to be in a room and fight it out. And then I kind of like pick up what's left and go, okay, I'm going to run with this, right? <laughs> um, well, then I took after he tracked out the whole album in six days, actually, his vocal parts. And then I 
came back to my studio and we had just came back to my studio at that point so i was getting familiar with the tracks in my room and then i'd spent a day a song for the most part kind of maybe recomping some stuff and laying them out and then trying to come up with effects um, that weren't they would be used in the mix but weren't set and forget like a reverb or a delay so yeah. a lot of the the weirder vocal stuff is guitar pedals um, h9 with my foot on an expression pedal, manipulating as the song was being sung, and um, the uh, Earthquaker Afterneath. Yeah. Did the plasma pedal get in there? I don't... Not on the vocals, but it, it got in there on some of the on the weird. I mean, the solos on the record are so many, and some songs that are long. And... Good evening. I know I shouldn't break away. Welcome to the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. I talk about music. I talk about film. Now, in this instance. If you're a Tool fan, you know, you know that film is so heavily involved with Tool. The videos, the performance, how the show is set up, it's one giant package, a spiritual package. And it just so happens that Adam Jones of Tool used to work in film. He worked on The Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, Predator Films. He worked in the animation department there and made models and special effects, you know, and that's an interview from 2019, the members of Tool and Joe Barisi, the producer of Fear Inoculum, talking about the making of Fear Inoculum. Fear Inoculum, what can I say? 13 years in the process. The last album was 10,000 in 10,000 days. I was not in a hurry for them to put out an album. I was happy. Some of the fans were getting rabid. You would go online. It's like, when are they going to put out this damn thing? You know? Um, it kind of reminded me of Sade. Because, you know, Sade releases an album every 10 years. Although now it's changed. Uh, you can't rush excellence. And Tool, they are perfectionists. They are perfectionists. They're musicians. They're virtuosos. So I thought I would talk about that tonight, you know, because I'm still on a high from seeing them. And I wanted to give a shout out to my friend. We were talking about Tool. Melody, she she's seen them more times than me. And so she is the Obi-Wan of Tool concerts. It's like I'm sitting at the feet of a guru. Tell me about this, this song. <laughs> Because I only started seeing them live in 2006. That, that is an experience. And I remember the first time I saw them. And my friend and I, who my friend who was really into them, she couldn't go. So I went with some other friends. But I remember I came home. I was staying at my friend's. I slept on the couch. And I went onto my MySpace. Remember MySpace? And I wrote like just a poem, a series, like seven of them, of how that concert made me feel I I wish I knew where those were I think they're forever lost you know when you would write the blogs oh I would just freeform 10,000 days that's such a moment so now to hear them do the pot by the way they do it in a different key now I think because of Maynard's voice it's a little higher but to hear them do right in too I remember when I first saw them they they did most of the 10,000 Days album. And they did write in two. That's such an epic. And everything I think about Tool 
is very epic. There is there is a method to their madness. And I know that some people are pissed because this isn't in the playlist or set list. Be thankful that you're seeing them. I've I mentioned before my friend, he he hasn't seen them yet. He was supposed to go see them. I was hopefully going to meet up with him, me and my other friends. Hey, what's up? Because I haven't seen him in years. But it didn't it didn't work out that way. And so I brought the concert to him being the person that I am because I love Tool that much and I know how much he loves Tool. So my first time seeing them, I thanks to the beauty of the internet, I can access that set list. Oakland Arena, September 3rd, 2006. Stinkfist extended, The Pot, 46N2, Jombie, Schism, Rosetta Stoned, oh yeah, I'll never forget that. Right into... Uh, Sober, Lateralis, Vicarious, and Anima. Now, seeing Rosetta Stone, that's an epic. They always put these epics on their albums. And what's interesting about Fear Inoculum, that's one giant epic. Because the songs are so long on Fear Inoculum that digitally that album is 86 minutes. But physically, the album only has seven songs on it. Because due to constraints of CD, you can only fit 80 minutes on a CD. You would think, technology-wise, that would change. But yeah, um, second time I saw them... Let's look at this playlist. We're getting technical. June 23rd, 2017 in Sacramento, the Golden One Center. They opened with The Grudge. Parabola, Parabola, Schism, Opiate, Anima, Descending, which was an instrumental. They, the album, Fear Inoculum wasn't even out yet. Jombie, Third Eye, which is, oh, 46 and 2, Vicarious, and then they ended with Stinkfist. Now, they're not playing Stinkfist on this current tour. I have a feeling that might change. Because I think what they're doing is they're surprising, you know, people on certain nights and saying, hey, we're going to play Sober. Because you never know. Now, Third Eye. Third Eye is such a magical moment to me. And there have been two instances where I've heard that song and it's rain. In 2008, I think, I was out. I used to go jogging a lot. Now I just walk. And I really should jog, though, to burn more calories. And it was raining. I would do some crazy ass shit. I would go wind or rain. I would go jogging just to stay, you know, toned. And I had my headphones on. This is before Bluetooth. This is before AirPods. And it was an immersive experience. It was raining so heavily in the wind. And I was listening to, uh, to Third Eye and it just all inter. It fit. I know why the pieces fit in that moment. I was one with that moment. I was one with the weather. It was a spiritual experience that I cannot describe. And then in 2021, one Sunday, I was coming down off of uh, uh, some... Uh, well, uh, I'll just say it. I was coming down off of edibles. And I went for a walk. And it was raining. And I didn't have my headphones, but I was listening to Third Eye. And it all just, it made me do something that I needed to do for the betterment of my health. 
to break free of something, let's just say. And I did. And so the music really, it, it heightens things. It heightens moments. One song of theirs that I haven't seen them do live is Eulogy. And I had a friend in college. Her name was Amanda. And we met in 2004. And I remember I was wearing a big tool hoodie. And I went into computer class. She saw the tool hoodie and went, are you a tool fan? I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, don't you just think they're the greatest? I said, they're the best. I've never heard anyone else like them. And so we bonded from that moment. I used to sing tool songs to her. She she knew how to keep me in key because she'd say, you know, Maynard's voice is a lot higher than yours, but I could still, you know, kind of fit it in there. We had a funny moment. One time we were all sitting in the courtyard talking about tool songs. And she said very loudly, oh my God, I love prison sex. And the founder of the college heard and we're like, oh my God. It was a hilarious moment. We had, we had some fun. I remember we would be in the car listening to Tool and trying to dissect what they were talking about in those songs. So the first time I saw them, they didn't do Parable. And I remember telling her that. And then sadly, she died of heart failure in 2008. And so when I saw Tool in 2017 doing Parable, Parabola, I felt her presence at that moment, like saying, yes, they're doing your song that you love so much. That's that's a moment. Whether you believe it or not, I don't care. And then something interesting happened. Fear Inoculum comes out 2019. I remember pre-ordering it. That was woo. That's the most I've ever paid for. No, actually, that's not true because I've bought box sets before. And it was truly an immersive experience. And and then I and I also bought the special edition because it was a book. <laughs> because the the album, you know, you'd open it and a video would play. That's that's a trippy video. That's so trippy. It's all about the inoculated experience. Yeah, it happened before COVID. You know, they're not prophetic. I mean, come on, come on. Although some people think they are in that aspect. And so Tool goes back on tour. Now, I had heard that they weren't going to come to Sacramento. And I heard that they were going to be in Fresno. So I remember saying to my friend who I went to college with, I usually take her son to concerts too. And I said, you want to go see Tool? She's like, okay. Because they asked each other. He was like, because she said, well, I'll ask him if he wants to go or I'll go. And she ended up going because he'd already seen them. So this time around this year in Sacramento, we, I, he went with me. But in 2020, she went with me. We drove all the way to Fresno. Um, although I've been told that I know others who have gone a lot further to go see them. So more power to you. Um, so we drove. Uh, they had that no film policy, which, okay, all right. So I didn't film until the end. But I, knowing me, you know, you go on YouTube and you go on Instagram, people filmed. So I was able to gather videos. <laughs> oh, I totally did. That is such a moment. And I liked Fear Inoculum. But when it first came out, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a little slow. It wasn't until I saw them live that I'm going to be honest. I, 
when I, they opened with that song is that I had a new appreciation for that song and I loved it even more. So when I saw them in 2020 before COVID shut everything down, January 15th, 2020, they opened with Fear Inoculum, Anima, Eon Blue Apocalypse, followed by The Patient, Parable, Parabola. Now that moment is very, this is a cinematic moment. This is a film podcast and a music podcast, Dr. Zeus film podcast. This is where we get into the film aspect. Now, they had this curtain that would cover them. It was very, it was, you know, a trans, transparent curtain. And you could see them playing on the stage. It was very interesting. And then at the end of Parabola, Parabola, and security watch, because, you know, that's when people pull out their phones. Um, that curtain opens. Now, this year they did something totally different. So I'll get to that. But that I have video of that that someone posted. So it's intense. That is epic. That is cinematic. That is that is letterbox widescreen cinema scope cinematic to watch that. To watch that curtain just open at the end of Parabola Parabola and you know the video imagery and everything. And then they uh, did uh, Yuma, which is that's such that's that song has I think they're playing it on this tour. It has a new life. I mean, when you see them do it, that is epic. It looks like the bowels of hell when they play. <laughs> um, and then they did Shism, Jambi, Vicarious, Swamp Song, which is a really great song from Undertow. And Maynard was like, "Raise your hand if you are this old." You were you were sperm when this came out, and I'm thinking I raised my hand accidentally, thinking, "Oh wait, I was born in 1980, so when this song came out, I was about 12." Um, then they did 46 and two, Chocolate Chip, Trip, Invincible, and Stinkfist. They are not playing Stinkfist on this tour, so the fact that I got to see that in 2020, and then they closed everything down, because what happened was. Then I read online that they were going to do a second leg of Fear Inoculum. Inoculated. So what did I do? I bought tickets. Oh, yeah. Two for my friend and I. Well, COVID hits and I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, this will be done. Hopefully we can go in June. That tour was canceled. So I bought a shirt. It was on sale on their website for that tour that never happened. So I still have that. Now this year or last year, they decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do the second leg of the Fair Inoculum tour. So I'm right there. I, I bought the tickets. Here we are, January fifteenth, twenty twenty two. Two years to the day that I last saw them, and it was epic. It was epic. Uh, I didn't get to buy a tour program. So if you're out there and you can get me one. I'll love you forever. <laughs> if you notice, I didn't say that very stereotypical term from uh, Full Metal Jacket because I don't go there. Now, here we go. 2022, Golden One Center, Sacramento, 11522, which happens to be Adam Jones's birthday. They opened with Fear Inoculum, Opiate, where he says, Happy birthday to Adam, The Pot, Push It, which I'd never seen them do live. Yuma, The Grudge, Right Into, Descending, 
Hooker with a Penis, which I'd never seen them do live before, Chocolate Chip Trip, and then they did a live debut of Culling Voices from Fear and Oculum and then Invincible. Now, here's the thing. I've talked about this on the past podcast. That morning on Saturday, I woke up and I'm feeling good. You know, I'm a little nervous because that drive is just, I, I get anxious sometimes and anxiety. And I had this weird feeling like, wait a minute. And I had been following their set list since they started the tour uh, at the beginning of this year. And I thought they're going to do something different. I just, I, I thought either they're going to do Tempest, but then I thought, I don't know how they're going to do that. So the fact that they started playing Culling Voices, my gut instinct was right there. I trusted my gut and thought, wait a minute. I had that feeling this morning. I was out walking and I thought they're going to do something different. And they did. So I was right. You know how you try to, you try to follow that gut instinct. Sometimes it, oh, it was just a whim. But in this aspect, no. I thought, whoa, that is some interconnected shit. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for more, you know, when they tour again, I want to see them more. I have said though, that I'm going to take my friend with me because he didn't get a chance to see them. I don't think he's ever seen them. The fact that I've seen them four times, I can say to him, okay, well this is, you know, yeah, it was an experience. It always is an experience. And then their videos, their videos, (laughs) I think I've said this before. I had an acquaintance in college who claimed to be this big, tough fan. One day I went to her house. Her daughters are playing. We're watching Tool videos. She says, I just don't get their videos. And all the while I'm thinking, oh my God, she's not a real Tool fan. She's not. She was a star fucker. She was. Trent Reznor, I mean, hello, he wrote that song about you. Well, many like you. Um, and I just thought that's, that's you know, she, I, I don't, I won't speak ill of her, but I, I say she was an acquaintance because, yeah, there's things I could say, but I'm not going to. This is a Tool podcast, okay? So there is a special place, a sacred place for me. When it comes to the music of Tool. I know you're all probably tired of me talking about it. But I don't care. This is my show. And I can talk about what I want. That's why I love doing this show. I am in control of it. If I have a guest on. I I just let them talk. Because I'm usually the one you all listen to talk. But having a guest on is, is, is a special thing. Because I very rarely do it. And hopefully this year I have some guests because this is the fourth year of the podcast in March. And I've I've talked about Tool many times on this show. The day that Fear Inoculum came out. I remember the first time I listened to Fear Inoculum all the way through and I was like, whoa. And it was kind of like, okay, all right, this is going to grow on me. And then I heard Tempest and went, oh, shit. And I love the reviews of that. I, usually reviews are shitty. Those reviews said that Tempest is Adam Jones's best guitar work ever. That's saying something right there. That's saying something about this band that has been around for 31 
years. 31 years ago, they put out the demo, and then in 1992, they put out Opiate. And it blew everyone's minds. Well, it blew the it blew our minds. Not everyone, because, you know, pop radio, come on. <laughs> this is also the 30th year of ministry, Psalm 69. I'm going to be talking about that in July. You know, Maynard, James Keenan, and Al Jorgensen are contemporaries. In fact, Al Jorgensen has said that he is the one who christened Tool as a psychedelic band because I guess he accidentally put, or no, purposely put acid or something in their water. And they were drinking it and drinking it and they and they got shit balls high <laughs> and they're tripping out. Yeah, yeah. So you have to thank Al Jorgensen. I love ministry. And I know that Maynard was in a documentary about Al and the band called... Um, fix i think that's what it's called so yeah tool they're just one of those bands they they very (coughs) i'll I'll talk about some technical aspects about tool that i know you know when you're listening to music yeah some people listen to it and tap their foot some people get into the harmonics let me say everything about it, including the tone and the harmonics. There's there's something about those songs. A, a good example is Third Eye, where um, he sings, So glad to see you. I've missed you so much. I'm not going to sing because I don't want to get in trouble. And you hear this tone in the guitar and the bass and the drums and the vocals, and it all gels together. That's why they're such a great band. They really practice at this. There is a method to the madness. The same could be said about Parabola Parabola. Where you hear that part where it's toward the end of the song. You hear the drums, the bass, guitar. or even And then Justin. Justin as a bass player is one of the best. Nobody plays like Justin Chancellor. Nobody. Nobody plays like Danny Carey. Nobody. There's a harmonics to that to that whole vibe. Nobody plays like Adam Jones. Adam Jones, the fact that he went to school with Tom Morello, there must be something in that water in Illinois. Come on. And then Maynard James Keenan as as the vocalist, the lyricist, the provocateur. When he gets on that stage, he owns that stage. So when he he's been doing that scream for the grudge. People watch because we're all aware that he had COVID twice. And he even said that it it messed his lungs up. So I was thinking, oh, God, he sounded spectacular. And so that's a testament to these four virtuosos. (sighs) Four virtuosos. And so I, I am in awe. You will not hear me complain one bit about Tool. You just won't. I remember um, I took someone to see Tool, I won't say who, and they complained that, oh my god, there's no video screens. And I wanted to say, but I'm nice, this is not Death Leopard. Nothing wrong with Death Leopard. I like Death Leopard. I'm thankful that you took me to see Death Leopard. But this is Tool, okay? This is Tool. What you see is what you get. Alright? And then some. They are not this pop, you know, and not to say that, you know, 
I'm not speaking badly of Def Leppard. I like Def Leppard. They have a really great sound. It's very anthetic. Anthetic. But it's like when I saw Metallica a year a couple years ago for the first time. About four years ago. And this one fan that you know, they welcome the new fans. But I was I'd been a fan of Metallica for a long time, but tour wise I'd never seen them on tour. And so they welcomed us. And then in the elevator, they were like, so what'd you think? And I saw it was my first time seeing them live. And they said, what'd you think? Well, I said, well, you know, I'm a Tool fan. And the guy backed up. Oh, my God. And I said, yes, I expect a lot. I expect a lot. And, and, and they delivered. They delivered. Because you don't have Tool without Metallica. You just don't. And even Metallica have said that. Or I mean Tool. <laughs> you just don't. But it's totally different band, though. It's totally different band. Totally different rhythmic sound. Epic. Yeah. So that's tonight's Dr. Zeus film podcast. I mean, I play that long clip of the interview for you all and just let it glide. Because that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. You know, um, for Tool, I mean, like I said, maybe, maybe when they do the next album and I have a feeling there's going to be another one um, I will go all the way to Europe just to see them just to prove my point to myself not to others but to myself it's like okay I, I mean I I could see myself going all the way to England just to see them okay say to my friend we're going to we're going to London now we're going to go see Tool okay we're going to stay we're going to hang we're going to eat fish and chips <laughs> Or even France. That, that would be interesting. And see, I can't drink, so there's a lot of there's a lot of vineyards in France. Or Italy, I mean. Ooh. To hear someone yell, fuck yeah, in Italian, that's gotta be great. That's gotta be great. And so that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast talking about this band that has been around for thirty years. Thirty well thirty one. Thirty one. We are all better off for that. And I know. Go ahead and roll your eyes. I don't care. I really don't care. But it's it's magical. It's magical. And I shouldn't really have to defend why, why I love them. Do people defend why they love Britney Spears? Sometimes. Sometimes. You know. I, I like all kinds of music, but... I like authenticity. As I've said before, when I'm work, when I would work out intensely, I needed to get back into that. I could not listen to Tool because there's something cerebral about the music. This is thinking man's music, okay? So I can understand putting on something, you know, maybe a little mindless, a little generic to work out to. I I used to think. Um, I was following this one fitness person and they always talk about what's that band. Um, they're really, I'm not a big disturbed fan either, but I couldn't work out to them. What's that? It's, it's a weird band that they work out to. And I'm thinking, Oh God, that's shitty. I could work out to Metallica, but then that's not mindless. That's just, it's thrash. It's thrash. I can't work out to ministry. I've tried because then you're hearing things. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So, thank you, Tool, for this beautiful tour. I hope you come back. 
because I would totally see you again and again and again and again and again. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>